Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I came across this. I thought it was interesting and revealing. And there, there is a tendency to simultaneously like lionize the past, that everything was fine and great and better, and I wish we were in the past, and, and also... Uh, Talk about how hard the the present is and and all and and a lot of it's just silly. It's uh, you know as insipid as the uh, Barbara Streisand song was about memories and you know the, those too painful to remember. We simply choose to forget. There's a lot of that. Mm. There's a hazy glow around the past to a large extent. Anyway, uh, so these uh, this economics website came out, and I think it was one of our beloved listeners who alerted me to this. I don't recall specifically, but um, 24 charts that show we're living better, mostly, than our parents. And the first one, which I've been just annoying Jack with, is that we're eating much more fresh fruit. There's much more fresh Whatever. fruit available. Uh, oh, than, there's, okay, there's more available. I don't know if we're eating it. Well, we are eating it, absolutely. Oh, the statistics are unmistakable. Now, I have been harassing Jack and threatening him on behalf of his colon for decades now because for the longest time, you ate no fruit and vegetables. You only ate meat and potatoes, more or less, right? I have bananas. More or less. What do you mean used to? When did that change that I'm unaware oh, of it? I, uh, maybe personal growth. Huh? I have a banana occasionally. <laughs> I never eat a vegetable. Wow. Anyway, uh, so uh, while there's been quite the decline in grapefruit and plums and prunes for some reason, and, and oranges, actually, well, a slight incre- well, decrease we, in the apples. We had a lot person. of canned fruit when I was a kid, but we were living in the yeah, middle of yeah. the country, and yeah. 
Yeah. But so a giant uh, increase in consumption of everything from lemons to strawberries and cherries and pineapples and limes and mangoes and blueberries. Consumption of fresh blueberries up 760%. I'll be darned. Since the late 80s. My kids definitely eat more fruit than I did. I don't know if it's because mm-hmm. they live around fruit or what, but yeah, we buy fruit at the grocery store all the time and they love it. Like, lo- like, they like it like it's a treat. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's good. Uh, likewise, uh, more vegetables. Not shockingly, I could list a bunch of vegetables, but you've probably heard of them, huh? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> you've heard of them. I haven't eaten them. Although, I tell you what, the all-time king of increased consumption. You could probably guess it if I gave you enough time. Let me give you a hint. Shaped kind of like a weeble. Well, is that right? Well, it's shaped exactly like an avocado. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the incre- <laughs> the consumption of avocados is uh, way way higher. Than okay, it was. but if but your point, yeah. if your overall point is that people are eating more fruits and vegetables, so they're better off than their parents, that just defies logic as a point at all. There's no what? way we don't eat worse than we did in uh, back in the eighties. We have to because we eat out all the time. We take in so much more fat and calories and grease and salt and everything like that. There's no way we're eating healthier now than we did before. No way. That's an interesting point. We are eating way more fresh fruit and vegetables. Sure, but but that, that, I think they've substituted yeah. for canned or not eating them at all. Yeah, that's not gonna along out. with fast food. You can eat some fruit and vegetables at home whenever more than your parents did. That's not going to outweigh your Applebee's cheeseburger with fries. Now, the next couple of charts are likewise problematic, Jack, at the risk of sounding like some critical theory freaking lunatic. Here's another sign we're living way better than our parents or, your first or back one in the was, 80s. Your first one was weak at best, but go on. No, you're an anti-fruitist. Everybody agrees with me. You're just you're an anti-fruit militant. Weirdo. Anyway, uh, number three, here's more proof. We have way cheaper hammers, ladders, TVs, and much more. Yeah, everything is cheaper because it's crappier. You, you have to buy ten of them throughout your lifetime instead of one because they fall apart. China! And even to the extent that that's not true, uh, for instance, you have uh, the, the change in hours you need to work to buy something. Oh, I don't doubt that. That's, that's is, is quite yeah. striking. Capitalism I mean, has been doing that since the beginning. Like a ladder is down a, by a quarter, semi-gloss paint a third, car battery is half as expensive as it was in terms of hours you need to work, hammers and digital clocks uh, up to TVs. A television takes 6% of the work time it used to take to buy. Yeah, I don't doubt that a bit. On the other hand, and this is why uh, reality is often more complex than statistics, Unfortunately, you used to work in an American factory making ladders and batteries and hammers and strollers and digital clocks and TVs, but those jobs are in China now. China! So, yeah, the stuff's cheap, but you're working at McDonald's. It is also crappy. Some of that stuff you were going to buy more than once where you wouldn't have in the past. But, Jack, we're just getting started. I've got cars and trucks for you. Yes, they're less expensive. Huh. Interesting. So cars are actually more affordable than they used to be. Now, these stats are not up to date for 2022, so Mm. a bit of a grain of salt needs to be applied. But as of last year, a Honda Accord, for instance, the average Honda Accord sold uh, was 15% less expensive in terms of the number of hours you'd have to work. Oh, based Uh, on the number of hours you'd have to work. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the price adjusted for inflation. Yeah, call it affordability. Yeah, and, um, and vehicles um, last a very long time now. 
That's an excellent point, too. Uh, trucks are not less expensive. I'm sure you've noticed that, but they're way, way cooler and more powerful. Jeez. And just in terms of the price of vehicles, I was driving by a pot lot the other day. And, uh, you know, the kind of lot where they got the prices on the, you know, it's on a gravel lot and they got the prices on the windshield. Shocking. Shocking what they wanted for these used vehicles. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. Uh, fuel economy, by the way, uh, for cars, passenger cars, has about doubled since 1980. Uh, SUVs and vans um, has actually, uh, that's like quadrupled. It's lower than cars, obviously, but then pickup trucks has is, is grown uh, quite a bit, too. I'm willing to grant you that vehicles are more affordable and better than they were previous generations, although not as cool. Yes, yeah. Michael. Didn't you buy a car for like $900 and drive it across the country and it barely made it home? You and a buddy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we each bought uh, Volkswagen Bugs. His didn't make it all the way back. I'd leave it alongside the road. 900 bucks. Wow. 900 bucks, you know, it was a lot more back then. It was like $1,200 today. (laughs) Right. So, again, as a measure of life uh, being better or worse than back in the day, uh, the fatalities per 100 million vehicle miles traveled have gone from about 3.4 down to 1.3. Wow. So traffic fatalities way, way down, obviously. Uh, Here's where it gets into some interesting stuff. Uh, they get into a series of graphs that show that households are spending less on food and clothing, um, and groceries. Uh, housing has stayed remarkably flat with some blips up and down. But in terms of affordability, uh, housing has stayed remarkably stable, which I would not have, have guessed. Uh, it just kind of rises along with wages. Uh, on the other hand, clothing is way down. That's because it's all Chinese junk. Yeah, it's all uh, crap. Groceries are down. That has to do with better, more efficient uh, transportation, especially in this hemisphere and globally. You can get strawberries from, you know, South America the next day Mm. in a way you couldn't in the 80s, for instance. But one really interesting part of this graph is that uh, as a share of household spending devoted to basic needs, health care has gone from under 5% to about 16 or 17%. Wow. Yeah. Triple. Yeah. Part of that is, and you know what, honestly, if, if we were to get sacked tomorrow or I suddenly became wealthy somehow or other and could quit the job, I would like to really get hold of how screwed up the American healthcare system is and why and go around the country preaching about it. The problem is it's kind of complicated, but one big factor is the, the uh, medical colleges choke off the supply of doctors so that the doctors continue to make enough money to cover their giant inflatable, not inflatable, their inflated uh, uh, tuition bills, their their student debt. Mm. I, I have a friend who's a urologist, desperate to, to add people to his practice. That's a piss. Um, well said. Um, and, uh, and and they just can't find people. Well, the, the, you know, I, I generally uh, have hated the idea that we limit how many people can get into a profession. Um, but I'd never thought about from the paying off your bill standpoint. I mean, if, if the wages are low enough that there's no way you can afford to become a doctor, that'd be a problem. Well, yeah, but that's, we're, we're solving it on the wrong end in the wrong way. I mean, if people are dying by the hundreds of thousands of cancer because, you know, well, we can only permit a hundred new cancer doctors every year so they can pay their tuition. Oh, that's not a solution. That's not nope. even close to it a solution. It is not. It's, it's absolutely awful.
Anyway, what time is it? Yeah, we probably got to wrap this up. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, you know, a lot of this, I'll, I'll summarize some of the, the rest of it. Um, oh, oh, that's right. One more thing. Well, my summary was going to be globalization has brought a lot of inexpensive goods from around the globe. It's also cost a hell of a lot of American jobs in a way that is, you know, the, the fat cats would tell you, well, it's a, a rising tide lifts all ships. But, you know, so I've gone from a great factory the, job in America, Detroit to a guy who can afford a T-shirt at Walmart. Great. Yeah, that, that argument does not. You should never say an argument out loud in front of anybody. If you're at the top of the tide, the United States, you don't care about a rising tide lifting all ships. That's only right. bad. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. All of our business was forced to the drive through so we had a real pain point at the drive through pickup window. We took that idea and literally lifted all the operations of the kitchen up off the ground and made four or five lanes of traffic that go through it, and we serve walk-ups, we serve people on bikes, and we serve lanes of people through traffic. We think that contactless, frictionless experience is the wave of the future. It's called Taco Bell Defy. Yeah, Taco Bell Defy, and it doesn't matter. I've never eaten Taco Bell. It doesn't matter if you eat Taco Bell or not. Uh, it's just a new way to do drive through and all kinds of different service with uh, faster, less touching everybody. And like so many things out of the pandemic, it sped up things that were already going to happen. Like a lot of the remote working thing was probably going to happen. Not probably, definitely was going to happen eventually. Well, it got sped up, and the whole robot this and... And um, uh, computerized that got sped up at uh, restaurants and a lot of other places during the pandemic. Right. I, I would like to stand up and say this whole, I mean, the story is presented as if everybody wants contactless. They don't want a human being involved. I, I'm, I'm not going with that. I think we need more human contact, not less. I'm not afraid of getting the freaking COVID from the guy handing me my fake Mexican food. All um, right. I'm not going to pretend like that's all just okay. Well, I think what they don't want to say out loud is we don't want to have to hire difficult, sketchy people anymore in the modern work environment. So we're investing in this. That's well, and- the contactless from our end. We don't want to have to have a human being that contacts the customer. I think that's definitely part of it. Right, they're trying to present it as something you want, but it's right. indeed, and if only somebody had warned the low-level workers of America, oh, that's right, we did like 175 times. If you keep pushing for mandatory high wages for entry-level jobs, those jobs will go away. As uh, Tim Sandifer has pointed out, if you put a minimum wage of, say, $15 on being a fast food worker, which is... Uh, not demanding work intellectually. Okay, I'll just leave that there. <laughs> you have made it illegal for anybody to accept that job for $14 an hour. So somebody who could only bring $14 of value to that job is now forbidden by law from taking that job. Right, and at McDonald's, I eat McDonald's, uh, the the new kiosks where you order there and all that sort of stuff, you know, they present it as it better for the customer, but that's that's because they don't want to they don't want a big giant splashy announcement. McDonald's figures out ways to 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 not have to pay people. Mm-hmm. They don't want that to be the big story. But that's what's happening, like you just said. Uh, what's it like to live in someone else's head? I found this is kind of interesting. Actually, I've heard that described as the most terrifying thing that could ever happen. I actually brought this up to a neuroscientist the other day. Huh. And since I was talking to a neuroscientist, I asked that question. I've always wondered if you were, if you live, if you could live in someone else's head for a while, would you be amazed at how similar it was or would you be terrified at how different it was? And she was 100% you'd be terrified by how different it was. We all see so many things completely differently. It would just mm-hmm. be shocking. So I don't know. But anyway, listen to this. Urza Klein, who is uh, an opinion columnist for the New York Times, uh, wrote this. Is this the way you think? Over the past few years, I've been asked one question more than any other. It comes up at speeches, at dinners, in conversation. It's the most popular query when I open my podcast to suggestions time and again. It comes in two forms. The first, should I have kids given the climate crisis they will face? And the second, should I have kids knowing they will contribute to the climate crisis the world faces? 
I think that kind of answers the question because if I lived in his head or a lot of a bit, I'd be like. What what are you thinking about? Why are we thinking about this? That is the number one question you get. Every we want to have more immediate concerns. <laughs> this is the number one question you get everywhere you go, every podcast, every column you write. The number one question you get by far is, should I have kids in the way they're going to cl- contribute to the climate crisis? Are you freaking kidding me? I've never spent one second of thinking about that in my life. Not a second. In answer to your question, no, you should not have kids because you're a dope and little dope junior will contribute to the stupid crisis. Never mind the climate. Don't have children. <clears throat> it finally happened. 104-year-old Bertha Comar's lifelong dream came true. Her lifelong dream of holding a penguin. I have not dreamed of holding a penguin for a single minute. <laughs> I'm thinking of it right now, and I'm not sure I want to. I would, given the opportunity, but I'm not sure it would even make the top five best things I did today list at the end of the day. I'd say, I mean, it's notable. I might mention it to Judy. Hey, honey, you know what happened at work today? Guy had a penguin, and I held the penguin for a minute. Notable for its its uniqueness, but yeah, but yeah, not its transcendence or <laughs> joyfulness. <laughs> Uh, the 104-year-old Farmington, Connecticut resident was able to meet Mr. Red Green of the aquarium. Early. That's the name the of the penguin's penguin? name is Mr. Red Green. Okay. That's an odd name. Wouldn't you want to call it Frosty or Captain No Fly or something? No, give it a name like that. What? Old, old Fish Breath. <laughs> 104 years, Jack. She's been dreaming of holding the penguin. She finally got it. Now I can die a happy woman. There's a uh, an organization called Twilight Wish Connecticut. Penguins for the that, old is the name of the organization. <laughs> that drives around with penguins badgering old people and asking them if they'd like to hold on to it for a minute. No, it's, it's like the Make-A-Wish Foundation, but it, it grants wishes for, for old folks. Oh, that's cool. But it's, it's, it's a bucket list. Yeah. Fulfilling bucket list at the end. Bucket. You need a better bucket list if holding a penguin is on there. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing out. I haven't done it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't criticize if I haven't done it. Maybe all of the questions I have about life click into place <laughs> once I just hold that uh, tuxedoed bird and flightless bird in my hands. Exactly. It's all clear to me now. <laughs> Mind if I cuddle you a little longer? <laughs> Doesn't want to pet a lion or feed a peanut to an elephant. Want to hold a penguin? <laughs> Well, hell, I'm not 104. Maybe she's realized something that hasn't occurred to me because I'm still, you know, a youthful man in my 50s. Yeah, jeez. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. 
This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Vanity Fair with a long article that you should read if you get the chance. It's very long. It's very interesting. I'm going to summarize it because it is so incredibly long. But they more or less got access to a Senate investigation and the report that came out of it. That while not completely nailed down, and it probably never will be because China has gone out of its way to hide it, really, really points in the direction of an accidental lab leak there uh, in Wuhan and um, and an attempt to cover it up by the by the Chinese. The specifics of it are are interesting in a whole bunch of different ways. First of all, they get into the how there were I think sixteen layers of Communist Party there of the Communist Party there, in the lab where they do the most dangerous stuff practically on planet Earth in terms of studying viruses and trying to create viruses that that are worse than the ones that naturally occur to see what they would do and how we would handle them. So that's its own, you know, this has been talked about a lot here in other places, the whole gain-of-function thing. Should human beings be doing that? Should we be creating things that aren't occurring in nature just to see what we would do if they did occur in nature? It's kind of weird. Yeah, I suppose it's like uh, shooting yourself in the foot to see how you would do in terms of taking care of yourself with a bullet wound or something. I don't know. It's a little kind of sort of. I don't think it's invalid to want to develop a better understanding of how to combat novel viruses, which is what they would tell you they're trying to do. But anyway. So in this particular lab where they did the, 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 the most dangerous of the most dangerous, they uh, got access to internal memos there in which the people that worked there at the lab, the Chinese that worked there at the lab, complained about the uh, the lack of money, lack of equipment, lack of this, lack of that. Um, and also by looking at the paperwork, it was clear that they were so under the gun by the communist higher-ups and the people in the lab, it... So you weren't just a researcher who was focused on, you know, analyzing a virus, creating it, trying to keep it safe. Your job 
maybe primarily was to please the Communist Party members in the lab with all these various forms you would have to fill out and show how that day you had forwarded uh, forwarded the cause of the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, you had to write paper upon paper and do interview after interview explaining to people how you furthered the communist message message that day. And, and by the way, why aren't you getting better results? We need to be the world leaders in this sort of thing, and we're falling behind to the evil Americans. So they're under tremendous pressure to have all these breakthroughs, while at the same time just getting killed all the time with the bureaucracy of communism. It's really, the ultimate story out of this should be forever, for everyone, similar to the collapse of the Russian military, that's communism for you. Same should be with the, the the Wuhan lab leak thing. That's communism for you. They were so yeah. busy trying to serve the Communist Party and uh, all the mess of the bureaucracy that is socialism that they weren't able to do their job correctly. But no, it, it, it would seem that it would leaked out, and then for a long time they were trying to cover it up to their bosses, and then their bosses were trying to cover it up to their bosses because everybody is afraid what would happen to them in the communist system. Yeah, I'm looking. I did a little news search uh, as we were getting ready to do this segment. It was almost 18 months ago exactly that Facebook reversed its policy and said, "Yeah, discussing the Wuhan lab leak theory is no longer completely banned from our platform," which led to it uh, part of the consensus anyway of it being banned from any discussion anywhere because that was dangerous crackpot conspiracy theory stuff. And now you have a lefty publication like Vanity Fair going on at length. I remember Atlantic had an exhaustive piece saying, look, we don't know that that's what happened, but not only should it be discussed, it's a pretty likely-looking scenario. Well, the John Stewart view, remember when he uh, got in so much trouble for going on Stephen Colbert and making his joke? The John Stewart view, that I mean, that's Occam's razor at its finest. Oh, so the most deadly virus in world history... It leaked out right next to a lab where they create the worst viruses in history. And you're telling me that's not what happened. Oh, that's interesting. Well, not only that didn't happen, but you're not even allowed to talk about it. Holy crap. Yeah. So what's interesting to me, based on reading this exhaustive story, is it's possible. So what did this cost the world total? The the, the official death number, I think, is 7 million but China it lies, and India doesn't know. So those are the two biggest countries on Earth. So it could be twice that. So who knows? 7 to 15 million people have died for this thing. Something like $20 trillion so far. And who knows, with learning loss and everything else that's happened. It's the biggest catastrophe, man-made catastrophe in the history of the planet. Mm-hmm. And sure. it's possible there's one human being out there in China that knows that they did it. Isn't that amazing to contemplate that there's some woman or man who dropped a beaker, realized when she got home that she forgot to wash her hands, whatever, and started this thing and knows that they did. Imagine living with that. Well, two points. Going back to the almost 18 months ago news coverage of the de-forbidding of the very discussion of this thing, they mentioned that uh, several part of the reason... Uh, one of the reasons that, for instance, Facebook and Twitter and all unbanned it was the Wall Street Journal reported the three scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were hospitalized in late 2019 with symptoms consistent with the virus. And that, uh, you know, convinced people, well, at the very least, we need to be able to look at it and not cover up for the communist Chinese just because Donald Trump suggested otherwise. 
Um, so, you know, I, I thought that was a good reminder. And what was, what was the other point I was going to make? What did you just say? God dang it, flitted out of my mind. About uh, one person being responsible for this oh, and knowing oh, they right, were? right, right, Thank you, thank you. Yes, that one person, until they were executed, could have explained everything that happened. There's no chance they're alive. No. If there are five no. of them, there's no chance any one of them is alive. No, or at least not in prison. Um, right. But probably they not even alive. Under very close, you know, protective custody at best. We can link this Vanity Fair article because it looks like you can uh, you can just grab it and read it without paying for it. But, but just let me read their summary at the top of it. Please. The Wuhan Institute of Virology, the cutting-edge biotech facility at the center of swirling suspicions about the pandemic's onset, was far more troubled than previously known. Explosive documents unearthed by a Senate research team reveal. Following the trail of evidence, Vanity Fair and ProPublica provide the clearest picture yet of a laboratory institute in crisis. So again, they can't nail it down 100%. We probably never will be able to. The Chinese government has worked really hard to make sure that the world can't. But very, very troubled lab. Lots of emails, including one where they, they the, the wording is is really amusing it's a if something like a leak ever happened it might be a good idea if we all i mean that's sort of where yeah. we're according to vanity fair and the writer of this article is like this is where we think it happened when they're kind of acknowledging to each other that has happened how are we going to deal with this why there's such a list now vanity fair and propublica solid left publications Mentioned earlier, there's an opinion piece in the Washington Post saying that that New York Times editor who was fired for daring to run an editorial by Tom Cotton should not have been fired, and he was right all along. The Atlantic, which also leans left, certainly, it will have some conservative voices, but they have an exhaustive piece, Jack. You'll be gratified to hear this, that Art... um, uh, art museum director who got fired over a false accusation of racism. They have a big article about how incredibly unjust that was. So, you know, there's hope that people are coming to their sanity, at least to some extent. But I will tell you one thing that is beyond question is all of those cases, from the Wuhan to the editor to the art lady to all of it, how about you let the free exchange of ideas happen? Because you have a terrible blanking record in deciding in advance what's what's true and what should not be allowed on facebook or twitter or instagram or whatever you can you're not even allowed to discuss the idea that there was a lab leak because that's so wrong this person shouldn't even work because they're so evil you people are terrible and getting back to something i've said many times do not grant anybody the awful and terrifying power of censorship don't everybody who's ever executed it or, or or wielded that power has done it poorly. How much different could it have turned out if the media, social media, everybody went full on trying to dig up the details on this and the pressure that would have been put on China on the WHO um, early on to try to answer these questions as opposed to giving them three years cover? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, the opportunity's been lost, is the short answer. Certainly. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. The world has got to make sure that doesn't happen again. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Point of personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
I like the idea of institutions of learning, whether we're talking fifth grade, high school, or college, where the very best, talented, most smartest people go. I like that idea. And it's not because I was ever going to get into one of these places, or my kids are likely to. It's not for that reason. I just think it's the best way to utilize talent in a country so you have a successful uh, society. Um, but some people think it's, it, it, unless unless that particular school breaks down equally men, women, and racially, that it's unfair, so you can't have them. That's some people's belief. And that factored in with Lowell High School in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is one of the most elite high schools in America, and people would get their kids in there from all over the country that like had super smart, going to be genius kids in there, get them into that high school to, 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 you know, to maximize their potential. But that wasn't any good. Anyway, let me read this report on this when they decided to change things. One, what happened when one of the best public high schools in the country changed its merit-based admissions policy? That's like you got to be, uh, you got to reach certain requirements to get in, period, to a lottery system, try to make it more fair. Students' grades declined, and the school yeah, tanked. Put, put, put fair in quotation marks. Yeah, There's nothing more fair than people getting what they have earned. But anyway. Yeah, good one. That's a good one. That is fair. Students' grades declined. The school tanked in the national rankings. I have three times as many students as usual failing. Instead of one or two, I have three to six, said a biology teacher at Lowell, geez, at Lowell High School, telling the New York Times. I have some students who have done no work the whole first grading period. <laughs> you think that happened very much when you were it was a merit-based system and it was like the achievers of achievers from around the country getting in? So the the parents presumably really want their kid to go to this formerly elite school and the kid gets there and does zero work? But the, I'll get I'll get back to this New York Times article about it, but so d- did you think that like something happens by osmosis in the school. So if your average kid gets into the school, they're going to automatically be a super genius. Is that what you thought? I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know what these people think. All they do is spout slogans and greeting card rhetoric. Is that what they think, or do, or do they think the piece of paper is the thing, just like it is with a lot of your elite colleges? It, if it says USC or Georgetown, it automatically stamps your ticket, regardless of what you've accomplished. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, I have some students who have done no work the whole first grading period, said this biology teacher, who had contacted students, parents, and counselors. He'd offered extra credit points if kids came to see him for tutoring. And when he'd show up, he'd let them elect to retake the test. He tried to help organize study groups. Only one student signed up and circulated a list of websites, podcasts of his own creation, and other resources. I'm at the end of the, my rope and what I can offer, he told me. I don't think some of these students would be doing well at any high school, which makes me wonder why they wanted to come to Lowell. Indeed. A fellow teacher thought that the pandemic rather than the lottery might explain much of the change. I have to keep reminding myself that these guys were halfway through seventh grade when they left school. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I don't think I. I well, it I, didn't help. I, no, it didn't help. But I know some super achievers. I know what I, I. I mean, like I know no kids that age who are the super achiever types and come from like you know the uh, what do they call that thing that uh, Chinese woman tiger mom sort of uh, parents. Mm-hmm. They stayed on top of it during the pandemic. So I don't think in this particular crowd that's what's slowing them down. I should know if you open up an elite high school to just random people, you're going to get a certain percentage of this. Mm-hmm. 
What? But how? My question is, how do you? What? What's your argument for that benefited society somehow? Make an argument. Well, I think they would say, uh, gosh, what would they say? Well, that's what I'm saying. I can't even come up with I mean, with what's, the... what's the positive benefit? The fact that more kids of color went there. Went there and did what? I don't know. I don't even... I can't even make the I don't agree with it fanciful argument for this. It's if just so... If a minority is underrepresented, that is by definition racism. Right. So you got to get more in, period. And like I said, I I wasn't going to be in any special smart kid class as a kid or an adult, <laughs> and and my kids probably aren't. So I'm not arguing for that reason. I just I just want the 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 kids that for whatever reason of effort in their brains belong there to have some place to go where they're surrounded by other kids like that and can achieve the maximum. It's good for all of us. Yeah, everybody wins in that scenario. As long as the entry, as long as the bottom of the hierarchy is open to all people and not, you know, uh, there's no racism there or keeping people down. And there certainly isn't. There's the opposite. Yeah, and you you do have to keep an eye on that because as we've seen with Harvard and USC and Georgetown around, these elite institutions were cheating like crazy to get the well-connected in, which keeps people that, you know, that's the opposite of a meritocracy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then you add to that the fact that they become giant, bloated bureaucracies that will import as many full-rent-paying foreign students as they can get, using up the slots for taxpayers' kids. Yeah, these teachers probably aren't going to say it out loud because they're probably Bay Area lefties at an elite school and everything like that, but imagine you've been teaching your whole life, you've been teaching biology to the top nth percent of smart kids in the country, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with just the average person. It's got to be quite shocking to you. What do you mean you're not going to do any work? You haven't done anything. I'll give you a chance to make it up. And then they just don't even show up. Right. Yeah. How is that a win for anybody? I don't know. It, it hurts my heart. That sort of thing. You know, you know what? I'm still resentful by proxy that uh, a, a young woman I knew who was a valedictorian of her high school, charming, great extracurriculars, just unbelievable kid, could not get into her University of California school of choice. They told her, pound sand, go to hell, we got no slot for you. How many foreign nationals enrolled that year in that university? Many, many of them, many, many, many. Oh, well, it's good to have uh, international perspectives. Yeah, I get that. But the idea that a taxpayer's kid who was lived, you know, an hour away in traffic from that elite university. There's no room for her. I just, I'm still pissed off by proxy. Yeah. she And she's doing fine. Of course she is, because she's that sort of person. But it's so crooked. I have a, uh, I feel more like a loser today than usual. I have a hole in my sock, and uh, mm. I, I, I keep, I can't, every step I take, I feel it. You know, the Venn diagram of winners who have holes in their sock, there may be some overlap. Ain't much, though. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's it's a sign your life is not going well if you're walking around through the day with a holy sock. Well, you're very busy. That's that's also, that's a significant layer. You're very, very busy. And I don't mean holy like, you know, go with God. Or yeah, a, this sock was worn by St. Matthew on his way to <laughs> minister to the sick. 
No, no, my, my life, it's kind of like when I used to say about the cracked screen on your iPhone. That's a sign your life's not going well. <laughs> at least at least I can hide this from people. It's only internally that I know my life is not going well as I walk around feeling my bare skin on the bottom of my shoe. Oh, boy. It's just a low yeah. rent, man. It's low rent. <laughs> the, what, what was it? I think I said this, the... The cracked phone screen is the missing front tooth of the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, or it's kind of the hickeys of. Uh, it's kind of like having hickeys. It's just it's, you're you're you got a certain lifestyle going. Yeah, you got your cracked oh. phone and your hickeys and your holy socks and you own a pit bull. <laughs> I mean, it's just oh, that's an unfortunate stereotype. <laughs> the Staffordshire Terrier is a fine breed and very loyal. <laughs> there, now you don't have to write your damn email. <laughs> If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs. With flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.